When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up on today's episode, we have an update on the Hellebuck trade front. For real. Plus, we continue to look back at our NHL team rankings list. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right into it here. Going to be a short and sweet episode. Just finished watching the NFL season opener and the Lions are for real. I would really love if Dan Campbell was Detroit's version of Mike O'Shea. That, that's a franchise that could definitely use a uh, a CEO like that. So let's hope it's good things for the Lions who open up their season on the right note with a big win in Kansas City against the defending champions. And then a big weekend ahead for us here. And we're only a couple weeks away from NHL training camps getting underway. So this truly is the juiciest time of the season. Not to mention it's also pumpkin spice times. So, I mean, like it's just... Positive news all Basic. around. Basic. Basic. Oh. <laughs> we'll get to you in just a sec. But yes, joining us once again, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. What's going on, Tice? Not too much. I'm so happy the NFL's back. I'm like, I was so giddy all day today, and now I just can't wait to sit down here. You're looking forward to seven hours of commercial free football. With Scott Hansen on Red Zone, or yeah, Red Zone, and I'm just, oh, it's back, baby. But I can't believe that you're a basic, you know what? A, ba- a basic B? Yeah. A basic well, B. I, it's, you know, it, pe- people like popular things generally because they're either, in, you know, in this case, they, they taste delicious. And that's, I mean, I, I don't care what you say. You, you don't know flavor if you have a pumpkin spice cold brew <laughs> and your day is at off to a 10 out of 10 start. Like, I, I just can't help you. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing I can do to get you in, in the right mindset if you're anti PSL cold brew. So you can, <laughs> you can hate on me all you want, but just know that I'm, I'm correct in my analysis. But it's kind of like bacon too. Like after there was that big bacon craze and then everyone, it was like kind of cool to hate on bacon. It's like, it's just good. It's not, not the greatest, but it's good. Yeah. 
I'm not yeah. a big I'm not a big pumpkin spice person though, to be honest. But I don't really drink coffee. Yeah, so that's, that's why you, you that's why you can't have an opinion on this. Yeah, you have to be if, if you don't drink coffee, then how can you have an opinion about a coffee flavor? <laughs> Maybe if they had a pumpkin spice uh, Red Bull zero <laughs> calories, then then I would I would be very intrigued by your opinion on that. Well, I guess we'll just have to get in touch with uh, Red Bull. Promote, get some new ideas. And yeah, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'd love to hear from us on, on, <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great weekend as well. I mean, you may like, I mean, starting Saturday, CFL should do way more of this, by the way. I know college football is what it is, but like, it's pretty wicked that the CFL is doing a triple header on Saturday, including the Banjo Bowl being I, what I think the crown jewel in the middle of that. So you've got that going on all day Saturday, and then. We could all rest and recover on the couch all day, NFL Sunday. The subway coupons came in. Oh. Football season is, you know, back in a big, big way right now. So I'm jacked about that. And then, like I said, a couple weeks away from hockey season. But did you see the first trickling of the Winnipeg Jets have made their way into the city? I don't know if you saw that, Tyson, but did you see the new look Jets practice gear per chance? Well, I don't know if it's a new look necessarily. If they're bringing bringing back an old look and making it permanent, I mean, you, like, I we were I was talking about this with a couple of guys at work, and just you have to, like, how do you not bring it back at this point? Like the, that, the Heritage Classic jerseys should a hundred percent be the full time jerseys. It's it, it's been too long. Like the like the jer- normal jerseys they have now, they're they're solid. They're not. They're not the worst jerseys in the league. I don't think they're the best jerseys, but th- those heritage classic jerseys would just look so clean. And yeah. you're and and you're like embracing a new era of Jets hockey too by making that move. So I think it's a no brainer. I think if the Jets committed, and and for those that are unaware, by the way, um, the heritage coloring scheme and all that, and some of the logos were on the Jets practice gear. Maybe a hint as to what's to come if the Jets. When and if they do confirm that that's their go-to look for this season, I'm going to bump them up to seventh of the team rankings. <laughs> the uniform alone is going to give them 15 extra points, Tyson. It's true. So I, I, I'm all in. I'm all in on that. I mean, if you want to do jersey rankings, I mean, from head to toe, the Heritage Classic—that's a—that's a top five look in the NHL. Oh yeah. I, 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 and if if you want to put it up near the top, I am not going to argue too too much against that. But it it was clean the second they wore it for the first time, and I would love to know what their record is wearing that jersey. But my guess is it's pretty damn good. And yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be uh I'm not gonna do a whole lot of complaining about the the look for the team this year if they bring that back full time. But we'll see what happens there. And then even even think of the possibilities of a third jersey. Like imagine if they make a red version of those jerseys as a third one. That's pretty sweet. It would be like that's 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 where I'm heading. If you if those are your two jerseys, I don't know if they're doing like a reverse retro thing this year or next year because I think they switch. Uh, brands, right? Yeah, uh, who knows? I mean, <laughs> Fanatics is there now. If, if it's Fanatics, you know, it might might be the New York Jets as the logo, and Fanatics <laughs> is like, oh, oops, we messed that one up. Who would who could have guessed that? So I, I don't know. I was and I was also in the minority. I like the Jets. I I guess it was the reverse retro, like the the gray, like the matte gray with the blue. Yeah. 
I I really like that. Like I mean that that's just my I like like I mean I pretty much only wear gray anyways. I'm pretty bland fashion wise, so I'm like, oh, the Jets are looking pretty sharp. <laughs> but they haven't had too many missteps jersey wise, really. I mean the the only one would be that like be ba- I I like the baby blue ones they did. I just hated the the font on yeah. the front of the jersey. But even yeah. then, like that's a pretty mild misstep if you can even call it that. I, I almost think that they're like home and away ones are the, the least appealing of the bunch. Like the, the ones they've worn. Yeah. Extensively. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just, a, to me, it's just a plain Jersey. Like just a really plain yeah. Jersey. I've never been a big fan of it, but, but it's tough like- because you had a couple iconic looks, whether it was the nineties or the eighties and then going back to the set. So it's, it's always a little bit tough there, but um, yeah, I think, Think if um, True North wants to get a little bit of uh, fan approval on their side, that would be a nice first step. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far as you and say it ushers in a new era because um, there's two guys that might need to make a decision on their future before we can talk about whether or not it's a, a new era. But a nice step in the right direction at the very least. It's also a nice segue, Tyson, into the main topic for today's episode. Um. We have, I, I would call it an update. We have an actual update on the Connor Hellebuck trade front. Would you like to hear it? I would. Good. So I'm going to so. tell you. I'm going to tell you either way. Um, the Athletics podcast, which includes James Myrtle and NHL writer Michael Russo. Michael Russo is. I would say one of the more tuned-in reporters across the NHL, quite the following, quite the sources. And um, this was the line of note from their podcast episode, which came out, I believe, earlier today. Um, didn't listen to the whole thing, but this is kind of the money quote here regarding the Jets and the future of Hellebuck and Shifley, but specifically Connor Hellebuck. Michael Russo says, right now... It doesn't look like the New Jersey Devils and the Buffalo Sabres are willing to pay the incredible assets the Jets are commanding for Connor Hellebuck. Pretty interesting little blurb there, Tyson. What's your initial reaction on that? Because there's a few things that I think we can take away from this. Well, to me, this is just how negotiations with Chevy go. You're gonna you're gonna have a couple of weeks, maybe even months, of where you just think that his ask is just too much, and I think that's what it's gonna be like almost up until the trade deadline. Now it's a good thing that he's asking for a lot for a guy who's your franchise icon, and you know if if he sticks around can change the trajectory of this team over the next five years, but. I, I, you gotta, you gotta give a little bit, right? Like you can't just go up to Buffalo and be like, "Hey, we want Peyton Krebs, Jack Quinn, uh, a first round pick, uh, Ukapekalekinen, and a defenseman." Like I feel like that's kind of like what the ask is right now, and that's just a crazy amount. Like you're, you're probably gonna be looking at one of their top forwards slash forward prospects. Um, a D prospect, and then another solid kind of B B minus prospect, and then a first round pick and some other picks. I think that's like a reasonable return. But I think, yeah, like right now, I think it's just a matter of kind of seeing where teams are and then seeing if teams get desperate when the season actually starts. 
Yeah, I, I there's a few things there. I mean, I guess the first one is it, it doesn't sound like Chevy wants to trade Connor Hellebuck. Whether that's right or wrong, leave that up to the to the listener and the fan to decide. But sounds like a guy that's trying to sign his goalie long term, and it's like, yeah, you can you can have him. It's going to cost you, and it's going to be ugly though. And I'm going to win, you know, pretty pretty handedly in this one. So you want to pay it, pay it. If not, I'm happy to keep the guy where he is. So I mean, like there's there's that aspect of it first and foremost. Then there's the the thing that you talked about there, Tyson in the sense of, like, is Chevy overplaying his hand a little bit here? Um, I, I I don't even know if that's necessarily the case just yet because, again, I don't, I don't think the Jets' main goal in this is to trade Connor Hellebuck before the season starts. Like, I, I, I think if they wanted to, they would have done it already. And it would have just been, look, we'll take what we can get and we're basically going to compete for a bottom five spot in the NHL this year. You know what I mean? Like they they can they could they could have accepted pretty much any deal, and it would have been your boilerplate, likely first round pick, B level prospect, and a half decent roster player from either one of those rosters, right? Like I, I just don't think it was going to move the needle all that much. And I I can kind of get on Chevy's side here in this one where you know what, you need to motivate me to move this guy. And if you're not going to, we're going to keep trying to sign him until the very last until the very last second. I, unless he says, absolutely not, I need to be moved, or if another team comes in and, and blows you away, away with an offer. The, the, there's two intriguing parts to this one for me, Tyson. One would be the inclusion of the Buffalo Sabres, because we know for a long time the Devils have either been the front runner or one of the main teams going after Connor Hellebuck in this. And Buffalo, when you talk about assets, oy, 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 they could give away some premium talent and really not even miss a beat because they're just so loaded. And I, I mean, maybe even at every single position on the ice too, which is just mind-blowing with how good that team is already. So, I mean, Buffalo being a part of this, that's kind of got me salivated a little bit in terms of, you know, trying to pick an actual partner that would greatly benefit the Winnipeg Jets at a potential trade. So there's that. The other thing too, Tyson, is, and you kind of mentioned it there, what is the trade value of Connor Hellebuck going to look like as the season moves along? Our team's going to be more desperate at the trade deadline as opposed to, you know, the past couple of months leading into, into training camp. Is it viable for a team to struggle out of the gate and then pull the trigger on a big time Connor Hellebuck move midway through the season that I mean that's going to be and I and, and I kind of believe that Chevy's waiting for one of those moments before he makes a move like that and I'm interested to see what you think as to can the Winnipeg Jets maybe not pull off an all-time heist like it sounds like they're trying to do right now but can they get some legitimate high-end assets and have a pretty impressive trade return by pushing this thing until sometime in late February. Well, I I think pushing it to late February is pushing it too far. I think the closer you, I think once you get past January, the closer you get to the trade deadline, the less and less I think teams are going to be willing to offer up. I, I I just think that by the time the trade deadline comes around, teams are going to be more comfortable. They're going to be looking to add in other areas, and you know I think a lot of teams are going to convince themselves too that. 
they have the next Aiden Hill or they have a guy who can perform at Aiden Hill's level and they don't need a guy like that, but they need strong, the strong decor and a balanced forward group. I do think that there is the potential that a team and, and a, a fair Connor Hellebuck trade is an insane package. That's like, even if it's just a fair trade, you're getting a crazy package for Connor Hellebuck. So I think that there could be a team that around November, late and even into December, that there's a team that, you know, they're cut maybe might be on the bubble a little bit, a couple points out of a playoff spot and they go, Hey, like we gotta, we gotta straighten the season out and they go out and make a big splash like a Buffalo who you mentioned, they have a ton of pieces. Like there's, probably I'd say five or six forwards in their prospect system right now that could probably play in the NHL on a couple other teams, but it's just, they have that depth of guys and they're, they're a team that I could definitely see like a Peyton Krebs. If you like, you're telling me that if you, if the Sabres offered Peyton Krebs a first and say a guy like Jack Quinn and then one of their goalies, I mean, I I think Jack Quinn would be the headliner out of that trade over Krebs. Yeah, no, totally. And and both those guys are are guys that I could see Buffalo being willing to part with, right? Like it's not not like they're that hesitant. So yeah, I think right now you're just kind of playing the field and seeing, you know, how how far can you push these other GMs right now? Like how far can I? What what kind of baseline can I make out of from Buffalo? And then see if you can just grab a little bit more value from there a month into the season. Revisit those talks. We always hear at the trade deadline how there's GMs who, or a trade happens in the offseason. The GMs say, you know, we, this kind of materialized the trade deadline. Like we were, we just didn't really have the opportunity to do that trade. And I think that could happen here with Connor Hellebuck. It's just waiting for that moment and the, per- the right time to make that moment when both teams' fields get to jump on it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you said something funny there that every every team's gonna say that we have the Aiden Hill platoon. Um, New Jersey's gonna say it until Vanacek and Schmidt are putting up an eight ninety. No, yeah, wait. All of a sudden, you don't have that. <laughs> same same goes in Buffalo, right? Like, a, there's a lot of teams that are gonna be saying that and saying the right things. And I wonder how quickly teams are gonna pivot from that strategy when um, neither one of the goalies are performing at at you know a league average level. Let's let's just even call it that. Um, I mean, Buffalo, I think Buffalo makes so much sense in so many different ways. And it feels like they've been, not cautiously, but it, it just feels like they've been so quiet when maybe reason would dictate that they would have made a bigger move to help make a playoff push this. You know what I mean? Like they, they didn't have a front, didn't really do much on the back end. Goaltending is just a major, major question mark, even with the potential of, of Devin Levi getting the crease full-time there. Um, one part of, you know, maybe I wonder why a Jets-Sabres trade hasn't worked out just yet is maybe the Jets aren't all that high on Devin Levi. Because you would think, like, I mean, if the Sabres are acquiring Connor Hellebuck, there isn't really much need for them to have... Devin Levi anymore, especially if you sign Hellebuck to a long-term deal, right? But if the Jets aren't all that high on him, well, hey, maybe we'll try to get one of your other guys there. I mean, to, to me, the the in a dream world, and I don't know how likely this is at all, but I mean, Zach Benson played a lot of hockey in Winnipeg, and 
I mean, why not? No, I, if they go from the ice to the Jets, like, come on, let's do this. I feel like if Buffalo even brought up Zach Benson, Chevy would have been deal done. Yeah, like I like I, if it was Benson for Hellebuck, honestly, yeah. I would be okay with that. And I, I I like I think that would be a really good trade. I think that would help both franchises out perfectly. So why not do it if you're Buffalo? Uh, unless Buffalo just not, Buffalo could be convinced that he's their forward addition this year. You know what I mean? Like he's the guy that they're adding to their forward group to push him to that next level because he's that good. Like I think he's that's really also good. a possibility. Ah, uh, he's gonna be a stud. I just want him here in Winnipeg. Uh, he's he's just he's gonna be such a player. Um, but I mean you're right too. Like if I mean that's dream scenario, but like Jack Quinn, what was he, 2021, put up half a point a game last year. Dealing with injuries and not getting a, a ton of ice time. I know he's a winger, not a centerman, but like that's a guy that they could part ways with, and their top nine basically doesn't change at all. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge Krebs fan, maybe as much as you and, and some other people are. So I'm kind of that that's not as much of a needle mover for me personally. I mean, I might even be more inclined to look at a Matt Savoie, another Winnipeg Ice player. Um, they even have, they even have some underrated European prospects like uh, Yuri Yuri Kulich. Uh, JJ Paterka, who he got yeah. some games last year too. Like, there's you with Buffalo, you can kind of mix and match. Buffalo, the reason they intrigue me as much as their assets and all that is that, as good as I think their team is, and I put them as a top ten team, even with their goalie issues, there's a there's a somewhat realistic chance they could start off the year six and fourteen <laughs> after twenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, they're okay. still young. They're still young. Can they do it for a second season in a row? And if the goaltending's bad, like bad, bad, I mean, you might get a desperate team really, really quick right out of the gate there. I mean, that's probably your best chance, I think, at at pulling one over on somebody. So, I mean, that's a dangerous game to play, though, because Buffalo could also start 14-6 and six and be like, ha-ha, no goalie needed, see you later. And you move Hellebuck for a first round pick of the deadline. You know what I mean? Like so, they're like it's it's not as simple as just play the waiting game here. And you know, some teams going to get desperate. They they very well might, but dangerous game to play there. New Jersey to me seems like a team that's going to push this until the deadline. I like. I mean, I I personally think they're too good to you know be too far out of the playoff race, even if they got awful goaltending. Like they'd still probably be in the playoff in a, in a playoff spot with 900 goaltending, yeah. so I don't know if that strategy is going to work with the New Jersey. So if you're doing that with Buffalo, can work. Hey, that is uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a risky one if you're Chevy and company. But again, I don't think they're trying to trade him right now. I think the Jets are doing everything they can to try to sign Connor Hellebuck long term. The only thing with New Jersey, too, is that, I mean, we saw this past trade deadline that they're willing to wait out negotiations with a high-level rental player but still pay a premium price to get him. Yeah, and then they sign him right after. Right, so I, it's it's such a fickle game. Like, you don't you don't want to wait too long. You don't want to wait. Like, it's hard to know what's, what way is the right way in a situation like this. And, and, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, I mean, look at a Toronto, for example. Where like this, this is a big, big. They're all big for them, but like this is a big season for the Leafs. Samsonov and Wool could bomb right out of the gate, 
Now, they don't have the assets that those other teams do, but, I mean, you would get a pretty desperate team there, and I, I, I imagine you get some pretty a pretty solid return out of Toronto there. There's a few other teams that might fall into the mix there. Um, but I saw a lot of people upset that, that Chevy's holding a hard line on this. And I, I, I don't fall into the camp of that. I, I mean, I've made it pretty clear for me that I'm okay with signing Hellebuck long-term and figuring out the direction of the franchise after that because I think he's going to be a, a star-level player for a number of seasons. Maybe not seven or eight, but three, four. Yeah, I, I think that's very realistic. Mark Shifley's a bit of a different discussion, but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, and we'll see if Michael Russo can unveil a little bit uh, a little bit extra what's going on behind the scenes there. But personally, I'm fine with Chevy holding the hard line on Hellebuck, and I think that I think I'm willing to take a bit of a risk on that. That if you get a subpar return at the deadline. That's the way it goes because, as it sounds right now, Tyson doesn't sound like the offers are too great right now. So it's not really hurting you too much in terms of what you're getting back. Uh, might either improve or decrease your odds in the, in the draft lottery for those that have an eye towards the future there. But to me, it's more important to either lock him up long-term or to try to maximize the value that you get. And I don't think moving him now maximizes the value. Might be a bit of a long shot, but I'm okay with Chevy holding holding the line right now, and let's let's see if we can get somebody desperate sometime down the road. Yeah, like with Hell, it's one thing to get be frustrated if we go past the trade deadline and Connor Hellebuck's still on the team, and he's made it known that he doesn't want to play here. But there's no point in getting upset about something that's months away, a situation that might not even happen. It's still months away. Like, what yep. do you want? What do you want Chevy to do to just get the best trade package possible and? A month. Well, I mean, look, and, the, and those I think those same people that are upset right now, if he would have moved Ali to New Jersey for a first round pick and New Jersey's fourth best defensive prospect, because that was the best trade that he had, he'd be getting killed for that too. Because it's like, well, that's the you gotta do better than that for Connor Hellov. Like it's it's kind of a lose-lose situation, although it is a situation that Chevy did put himself in. So I I, I will say that, but I'm all right right now. Hold the line. Hold the line. Let's see if Buffalo gets a little bit desperate. And then we could talk about the future line of Velarde, Perfetti, Benson as being the next great line in all of hockey. It could happen. We'll see. Um, but that'll do it for the episode today. Uh, and, and, you know, interesting, too, that we kind of, you know, mentioned that last little bit as we uh, wind things down here, um, because it's a bit of a preview for what we're up to next week. Because, Tyson, I don't know if you know this, but our next episode is a fan favorite that that people always look forward to, either for the entertainment value or the opportunity to mock us, which I'm fine with either way, to be honest. But we're getting into bold prediction time when and we get back that, at it next week. You know this is the one show that's not going to do those those lukewarm, crappy takes. Like we're going, we're going big, or we're going home. There's no Connor McDavid like, will get 160 points this year. Oh, he'll get 10 more than last year. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I might, I might, I might double down and say Eli Tolvanen's going to get a 50 this year. Not even 40. He might get 50. I love it. Just go up and just like me and Tage, Tage Thompson will be seven foot two at training camp. 
and he'll put up 160 points this year. It's going to be nuts. However we go about this, it's just going to be stupid. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can find the audio from last year to see if we actually got anything right or if it was just complete anarchy. Uh, but either way, something to look forward to for next week. Uh, until then, though, thank you guys so much for stopping by and tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki with us once again. Like I said, we'll get back at it Tuesday morning with bold predictions for every team in the NHL, including the Winnipeg Jets. So until then, we'll talk to you guys next week, but enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe, have fun, go Bombers, kick ass, revenge game, blowout incoming. Let's have a good time, everybody. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Peace.